Man, it's going to be a strange realization if we realize by the end of this podcast that we're just becoming our parents. And how did you repay my generosity? With a rug made from the butt of a skunk. A skunk butt rug. You disrespected me. Come on down, come on by. Have a carpet and fly to the style guide. I was trying to segue that into an opening, but I couldn't do it. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Style Guide with your host Dave Morris and Stephen Orr. I'm Dave Morris. Hi, Stephen Orr. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. How about yourself? I'm doing good, man. Uh, ready to conclude this uh, this series on Walt Disney and Disney Studios. Yeah, I I am ready to conclude it as well. <laughs> You're done. You're done watching Disney movies. Is that what you're telling me? Well, I, I, I guess kind of prepping for these episodes has made me realize that I don't really like Disney movies. Really? I thought that I did. I thought that I had this fondness for Disney in my heart. But you know, as I was thinking through these movies and watching them, there are a couple that stand out for me as you know big movies in my childhood. But like last episode's a, a good example where we kind of just went through two entire eras of Disney movies, and for the most part. Yeah, that was bad Disney, though. Sorry, mediocre Disney? Sorry, not great Disney. <laughs> yeah, but there are only a few there are only a few films that I I really like of Disney, as it turns out, and most of them I'm not gonna put on again. Which is as opposed to Pixar, I'll watch Pixar again and again. Very few of these films are are rewatches for me. So Hmm. Well, I am thinking the era we're about to enter into is the era that does have the most rewatched of Disney movies, uh, especially for me. Yeah. The movies that I have watched more than once, twice, three times, four times, six times, eight times, 12 times, 20 times. You're talking about Pocahontas? <laughs> no. <laughs> Mostly Aladdin. Okay. So let's talk. This is the, we're in the golden age. Oh, wait, no. What's this called? The Renaissance. Yeah, yeah. This is the return to form for Disney where some of the greatest Disney films got made, I think. I think it's hard to argue with that. Although, maybe these latest films are giving them a run for their money. Maybe. Uh, so we're doing the Renaissance and present-day Disney, kind of. Yeah. Basically, we're yeah. starting with The Little Mermaid and working uh, our way all the way up to Monea. Moana. Moana, thank you. That makes much more sense. Uh, so, uh, so I think it's say it's it's. I think it's called this. I would call this era not a return to form, but I would call it like a uh, a rebirth into a new form of Disney movie. Because the Disney movies that come in this era, like this this Renaissance era of The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin aren't just going back to what they used to do with Snow White and Pinocchio and stuff like that, but they're actually better than those movies. Yeah. In my in my humble opinion. I, well, I think you're right. I think that they, they surpassed them in animation. I think they surpassed them in storytelling by far. Uh, and, and I think, as you've already said, their rewatchability is, is greater than a lot of the earlier Disney movies. They yeah. they really understand how to tap into childhood, I think, starting pretty much around here with The Little Mermaid on. Yeah, and I actually I find with these movies, uh, I guess it's similar with the old movies too. 
But with these ones especially, when I watch them, I forget how good they are, and then I watch them. I'm like, oh, man, this is a good movie. Like Beauty and the Beast, I almost forget how fun the like be our guest sequence is and how fun lumiere and clockworks relationship is and uh gaston and uh what's his name Buf- uh or whatever his name is <laughs> his, his little buddy <laughs> um, gaston and his stupid buddy uh forget how fun it is to watch them sing and, and act together and so like beauty and the beast ends up being an incredibly fun movie to watch and i forget that about it because the things I remember about it are the the beautiful opening number and, you know, the beast and the seed love story and the, that sort of thing when I think of the narrative. But the fun bits are still in there. Yeah. And and that's how I feel about Aladdin with uh, with I mean, anything to do with Apu and the magic carpet. That's how I feel about the Lion King with Timon and Pumbaa or Mushu in Mulan Disney really they flesh out their side characters and their side world really effectively in these so that you remember the main story really well but there's a lot more going on than just that main the big the big main sequences is Mushu Eddie Murphy yeah the little dragon sweet the little dragon Mm -hmm. yeah and also like the other thing I think of when I think of this era is like the songs just all of a sudden became the best like Little Mermaid has like the greatest soundtrack of a Disney movie ever? Question mark? Ever, really? Does Beauty and the Beast win? Does Aladdin win? Which one wins? They're also good. So like but like Little Mermaid, like compared to everything that came before Little Mermaid. Oh yeah. Little Mermaid like blew every other Disney song out of the water. That's absolutely right. So, like, even even going, like, looking at the Jungle Book with, like, The Bare Necessities, which is, like, maybe one of the better Disney songs from before Little Mermaid. But once Little Mermaid came about, it was like, okay, we now can't do bad songs anymore. Yeah, no, I, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, and, and I guess the reason that I would hesitate to say that The Little Mermaid was the best is just because I remember Aladdin so vividly. vividly. I remember The Lion King so vividly. Even Tarzan. Tarzan's got my man Phil Collins. My man? I shouldn't have said that. No, you should have. You should have. You should have. <laughs> but, but it's... No, it, one, it's, no one is surprised that you said that. <laughs> it, it's got some, some great soundtracks and some really, uh, really well done uh, soundtracks to these films, which compared to what we had seen prior, there's... I mean, I think it, it progressively gets better up until we get to... Yeah, maybe maybe Pocahontas is the beginning of the end. Well, I mean, like this is where this is where like if I look back on Disney movies before The Little Mermaid, I can remember something from the Bear. Uh, I can remember the Bear Necessities. You I can remember want to call some, the film the Bear Necessities, eh? <laughs> yeah, I can remember some songs from from uh, Sword in the Stone, but that's just a, a me thing, you know. Uh, Cinderella, you remember Bippity Boppity Boo. As we've as we've discovered, no, I don't. But one um, does. Yes. Peter Pan. You only remember the horrible one. And before that, nothing really. Oh, someday my prince will come. Set in Snow White. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think that's in Snow White. But so you remember a couple of songs. But then when you look at like The Little Mermaid, you remember like part of your world. You remember Under the Sea. You remember uh, the the poissons, les poissons. <laughs> you remember poor unfortunate souls from Ursula. Like there's there's as many songs in The Little Mermaid that are memorable and amazing 
than there are in the entire history of Disney before The Little Mermaid. Yeah, yeah, that, I think I think that's entirely right. So I'm not saying I'm not saying it's the best of this new era, but it was like when it came out, it was like like destroyed every other Disney movie that was ever made. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, that's a way of putting it for sure. And she was a mermaid. And she was a mermaid who wanted to be a people. I mean, really, it's Pinocchio underwater. <laughs> uh, Pinocchio goes underwater, too. Okay, so, um, so the Little Mermaid is Pinocchio underwater, and Pinocchio is Pinocchio with some underwater. With some underwater, yeah. Yeah, but he's in a whale's mouth, so is he really underwater? Yeah, it's true. It's not like he's he's swimming. And he's surrounded by water. He's surrounded by water, but she's she's in the water. She's she's a creature of the water in a way that Pinocchio will never understand. Yeah. Moving right along. Yeah, moving along. So so Little Mermaid just destroyed everything that came before it. And then we enter into this amazing era that includes the rescuers down under. <laughs> Dave Morris's favorite film of all time. No, it's just better than the rescuers. That's all. <laughs> it was just a good movie. I don't know. It was okay. But it's not. It, it was never up in there with the rewatchability of things like even the Little Mermaid. I rewatched the Little Mermaid. Did Did you? I didn't. Oh, of course you wouldn't. You would have been too young. You were probably like two years old or something. I think so. I mean, yeah. for 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 me, what happens is is that like I want to want rewatch Aladdin because Aladdin is fantastic. I want to watch some of the Lion King, but I realize that I kind of get bored uh, halfway through that movie. And then I just I just put on Mulan and watch Mulan twice in a row. So that's funny. Hey, I think we're showing our, our slight difference in age here. Yeah, because Mulan and Hercules and the Hunchback of Notre Dame uh, were all like, I, I don't think I even watched them in. I didn't see them in theaters, and I think I've only ever seen Hercules and the Hunchback of Notre Dame once, if that, and Mulan I never rewatched. I think I've watched Mulan more than any other Disney movie. Wow. You're going to make a man out of me. Hannah hadn't seen it, uh, and so I, in in what was an, what was a poor move, decided we were going to watch that for our first anniversary date, I think. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, yeah. So we watched Mulan, and we ordered some food. And now it's a running joke that we're going to watch Mulan 2 for every progressive anniversary after that so they made they made a sequel to mulan they sure did which what uh, i know i know how could you possibly follow up that that fantastic story about uh, overcoming uh struggles and and when did they make the mulan 2 uh like 2003 2004 and eddie murphy didn't return sadly and that's what that's what killed it then that's what killed it, yeah. As opposed <laughs> to a film having a perfect little ending and then deciding we're gonna have more happen. Wow. Well, I, I, uh, I'll take your word for this Mulan too. But this is this is also what Disney starts to do, kind of in in this era. I think there's a Little Mermaid two, there's an Aladdin two and three, there's a Lion King one and a half and Lion King two. I doubt they do Pocahontas two, but maybe. A lot of these films, they, they do follow-ups, not with the Walt Disney Animation Studios, with Toon Studios or whatever, but they end up, you know, returning to 
some great films and doing direct to DVD versions of them. Yeah, do we call that a post this era, this Renaissance era? I feel like that's post Renaissance. Like they do the Renaissance era up to like Mulan or or whatever you want to call it. Um, and then after that, they kind of started to just get back into like mediocreness. Uh, but that's because uh, this is when they bought Pixar, right? They bought Pixar like halfway through the Renaissance. Is that right? Yeah, I think they bought Pixar after Toy Story came out, like right after, basically. I feel like they didn't buy Pixar until something like two thousand five. Oh wow. Yeah, like I, th- oh, wow. I, I think it's far after these films. Well, far, you know, five years after Tarzan or something like that. Wow, I thought they bought it totally during the, like right when they came out. <laughs> that shows how much I know about uh, Pixar. Oh wait, you're right. Okay, so it wasn't until two thousand six. Oh okay. So they didn't buy Pixar until Lilo and Stitch. Is that before Wall-E was made? <laughs> but after Cars. <laughs> oh yeah, no, Lilo Stitch is 2006, so we're talking like really deep in the Treasure Planet, Brother Bear, Home on the Range, bad Disney movie era. Yeah, right when Disney started to fall. Well, they did the Jungle Book 2 and Return to Neverland. Oh boy. And that's what I, I think is so fascinating about this little era from like 89 until, let's say, Mulan and Tarzan. Like, let's be generous and include Tarzan in it. Sure. These these are some really good films, and it feels like they, they're they firing on a bunch of different cylinders at once. Can a car work on multiple cylinders? I don't... Yeah, po- totally. Cool. And, and they their animation is beautiful. Their, their soundtracks are great. They're telling stories. Their characters are fun. It's basically yeah. everything that Disney, Walt Disney would have wanted Disney to be. And it's doing it so well. And then they start churning out sequels. And then they do Fantasia 2000. And then, you know, like Dinosaur and Atlantis and Treasure Planet and a bunch of forgettable so what what happened like what happened here this is this is the the thing i mean like uh we can talk about how great these movies are but when what what happened that made it sort of start to slip was it to pixar like was it now now they all of a sudden had this incredible competitor that was making movies that were just as good if not better than what disney was pumping out the toy story and toy story 2 and uh what else did uh what else did they do in between Toy Story and Toy Story 2 Pixar-wise? A Bug's Life happened A Bug's Life, yep. And then Toy Story 2, and then, like, was that was that it? Monsters, Inc.? Like, Pixar started pumping out great movies every two years that were better than Disney movies at the time. And so did Disney start panicking and trying to, like, we got to start making sequels like Pixar's making? Or, like, was that was that what did it? Like, what, what, what was the... What happened? What happened, steve Explain to me what happened to Disney. So Toy Story comes out in 96, and I guess we get Hunchback in there. 90, we get, 95. 95? Okay. So Hercules, then Mulan, and Tarzan are kind of the the last Disney films that I would look at and say those were probably in the pipeline before Pixar came onto the stage, right? Like we're talking uh, a couple For of sure, years. Sure, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So those were the films they were already committed to. And you can see with Hercules, they're already kind of starting to falter, where it is it is one of those forgettable Disney movies in this era. But Mulan is still excellent. Tarzan is still decent. Maybe only because Phil Collins is such a wonderful, wonderful man. But we, we look at the beginning of, of the kind of post-Renaissance era, and it's Fantasia 2000. It's Dinosaur. 
It's Emperor's New Groove. It's Atlantis. Like, what do those films have in common with the six, seven, ten films that came prior? Nothing, really. Nothing. Like, they're they're not. Uh, I, I don't think any of those were musicals in, in, in that same sort of way. I don't think they captured the same feeling that they'd been going and doing so well for a decade. I think you're right. They started to look at Pixar as a storytelling company and said, we're going to try and do that. Yeah, you know, there's part. So the other part of me, here, here's where I think they start to falter, is The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Okay. That was the first one after uh, po- Pocahontas. I mean, Pocahontas was also a bit of a font. Like, it just wasn't my cup of tea. But apparently, people really like it. Anyway, uh, The Hunchback of Notre Dame was when I-, I feel like they really started to slip into Hercules, and Mulan was this nice little spike. But after that, like Tarzan, eh, it's okay. You, can, you don't need to see it. And I think it's because we talked about this before that the um, the beautiful thing of Disney is is that's your introduction to that story. Mm-hmm. Is Disney for most people like uh, your introduction to the Little Mermaid? I assume was through Disney before it was through Hans Christian Andersen. Yep. Uh, because most people don't know the original stories, even of of like the mermaid. Every step she took, it was like like broken glass in her feet. You know, like it was super painful. Um, that's not in the Disney version. In the Disney version, she can walk. So, like, uh, it's your introduction to the story. And once we get past, like, once we, I mean, Pocahontas was the first one, but I would call that the end of, the sign of the end, but we'll skip it. Uh, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. People already kind of know that story before Disney did it. Hercules, we know that story before Disney did it. Tarzan, everybody knows that story before Disney did it. Mulan was an exception, where we didn't really know Mulan at all. And so Disney got to be our introduction to that story. Yeah. Does that hold any weight? Does that uh, hold any water? Does that uh, got any windshield fluid in it? Uh, spinning all four tires, you know, car metaphors. Yeah, car metaphors. Yeah, no, I, I think I think there's some merit to that. Disney, instead of finding something that was old but new, started to do things that were old but old. Yeah, like even the Emperor's New Groove, like is that based on the uh, Emperor's New, new Clothes? I don't. Uh, I actually don't know. I have never been able to sit down and watch that film. Yeah, and then like Atlantis, we all know Atlantis. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Return to Neverland wasn't really a Disney. It was like the Disney tune, like straight to DVD type movies. But they, I, I, I think they stopped being. Well, I mean. Yeah, they they stopped being so confident in in their storytelling. I think I, I I think that's exactly what happens here, and none of it captures the same sort of magic. And I think that that continues for quite a while up until we get to maybe one of your favorite of the recent Disney movies, Wreck It Ralph. Yeah, Wreck It Ralph is technically Disney, right? Not technically, definitely Disney. Yeah, it's part of. But the, it's not. It's not a Pixar movie. It's not a Pixar movie, no. Even though it's like the most Pixar Disney movie ever. <laughs> but we have we have Wreck It Ralph, and we have Frozen, and we have Big Hero Six, and we have Zootopia, all of which are kind of taking chances on stories again in a way that, I mean, The Princess and the Frog and Tangled. Yeah, I like mean, again, like Princess and the Frog. We all know the princess kissing the frog story before this, you know. Like, and same with the Tangled, like Rapunzel. That was a story we all knew before Disney got a chance to make it. Uh, I think one of the other ones that kind of we just missed there was Ratatouille. Ratatouille, was that 
Pixar. Oh, never mind then. Skip it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so like, yeah, Disney are at their best when they're making movies that are teaching us a story, not recreating a story we already know. Yeah. Maybe this was how our parents felt about the original Disney. That that would be... It's... Man, it's going to be a strange realization if we realize by the end of this podcast that we're just becoming our parents. <laughs> um, I like my parents. I like my parents, too. No problems there. Hi, Mom. Okay. So so we've just kind of flew through Renaissance into all the way up to modern-day Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> but let's just... Can we go back to the Renaissance? Yeah, let's do it. Because we skipped over all of the best Disney movies. We did. To, to complain about the future. <laughs> because Disney did knock out some of the best uh like the, and this is this is what defines the renaissance era to me is the music yeah even pocahontas which was a movie i didn't really care for but it still had that you know the color of the wind song which you know have you ever heard the wolf cry to the blue horn again i haven't dave but that song that was like a pretty uh, bit of a hit song bit of a hit song there right so yeah. little mermaid tons of hits beauty and the beast Tons of hits. Uh, the, I mean, not to mention be our guest, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, Gaston. No one drinks like Gaston. Some, some, something like Gaston. That one. Uh, and then Aladdin came out, which again was like a whole new world was like top of the charts or something like that. <laughs> like <laughs> mind blowing. Like blew it out of the water. And then the Lion King. Um, can you feel the love tonight? Top of the charts. You know, like. Plus all the other fun songs and like Hakuna Matata and, you know, I just can't wait to be king. Like they had so many good tunes that people loved. And then Pocahontas came out, still had a good hit song in it. And then Hunchback of Notre Dame. I actually can't think of a single song. Can't think of a single song. Can't think of a single song. God help the outcasts hungry from birth. And same with Hercules. Can't think of a single song. Like a beacon in the cold dark night, a star is born. So everything would turn out bright. A star is born. only had that one that was pretty good. That I only really know it's like the "I'll Make a Man Out of You" training sequence. I mean, it's a it's a great song, and I could sing it in its entirety to you if you'd like. Yeah, and I think Tarzan was their like their like final grasp to like keep the music thing going, because they hired Phil Collins. Who made some pretty great music, but it was very percussive and cool, but not like catchy and hit songy. Yeah, I mean, I think having Phil Collins come on was kind of an interesting choice. I mean, he's no he's no Donny Osmond, but the what what's also interesting about this kind of era, or not this kind of era, this era for me is that I I remember it as a celebrity filled era. Okay. In that, like, for Aladdin, uh, we have... Robin uh, Williams. Thank you. We have Robin Williams on. In The Lion King, we have uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas and was it... Who was the... Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick. And uh, James Earl Jones. Right, right, right. Mm Mm-hmm. And in Mulan... And and what's his name who did Scar? Oh, Oh, man. Oh, man. What's his name? Jeremy Irons. Yeah, Jeremy Irons. So you're going to hear, you go, oh, yeah, Jeremy Irons. Uh, 
Yeah, we have we have Eddie Murphy in Mulan. We have Phil Collins basically making Tarzan what what it is. Yeah, and and we had Donny Osmond in in Mulan as well. Like there are a lot of big names doing Disney movies. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And and I think it worked really effectively. I don't I, I I don't think there was any particular problem with it. But that's kind of a I hadn't thought of Disney prior as being all about celebrities. No, never. And and yet this entire era of great films is is marked by just countless Disney celebrities. I will point out that it doesn't start that way. With the Little Mermaid? Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast both yeah. are they that's just Disney making great stuff. And then Aladdin they signed Robin Williams on. And that did explode. Robin Williams as the genie is maybe one of the more memorable uh, Disney characters. Yeah. And then Lion King with, yeah, that was a huge star-filled cast. So yeah. I guess Robin Williams helped them sign other people. <laughs> or or it could just be that people realized Disney was going through this great rebirth of amazing movies and we wanted to be a part of it. That could be it too. Yep. Because Pocahontas, wasn't that uh, Mel Gibson? Yeah, Mel Gibson played uh, John Smith. Did he? Because I know Mel Gibson did a... It looks like you're right. He did Pocahontas. Crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, it did all of a sudden become very uh, star-filled. But I think that that might be more because of the fact that they were in a resurgence. Yeah. Not necessarily because that's what caused the resurgence. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think it, it caused it. And and you continue to see that later on where Demi Moore is... Well, no, Demi Moore's in Hunchback. Um, but you... Yeah, Demi Demi Moore plays Esmeralda. Oh, wow. <laughs> so they're still doing the celebrity thing. It's just not working out as well. Yeah. Mel Gibson, Demi Moore. They started getting like real Hollywood actors and stuff that didn't quite nail it. But so so it's it's a it's an era where Disney is just working and everything's going well and so people want to be in Disney films and yeah. and that's unsurprising you know that's I mean I would I wonder if Pixar has that same sort of actually I do I, if I recall from our conversation about it's, it wasn't the little dinosaur what was the dinosaur movie by Pixar the good dinosaur the the dumb di- the the good enough dinosaur. The good enough dinosaur. There was uh, some sort of discussion about how the the brothers there were going to be three of them, and they were going to be played by three particular actors or something like that. Hmm. Um, and it got cut because Pixar went, "This is dumb. Why do we need celebrities, big big name celebrities, to do these these roles?" Just you know, I could have explained to them why, um, but mostly why that movie should have been different. Yes, so. Uh, but Toy Story came out the gate with celebrities. It, that's and, absolutely true. And that has been sort of a defining thing of Pixar, is that the voices of their characters are people we know. Uh, like Toy Story is Tim Allen, Tom Hanks, uh, Cliff and Norm from Cheers. <laughs> um, when you so, put uh, it like that. <laughs> yeah, A Bug's Life. Uh, uh, who was in A Bug's Life? Do you remember? Do you remember who was in A Bug's Life? don't remember who was in i remember uh, Owen Wilson uh, ton, was in cars. Okay, tons of people dave foley kevin spacey julia louise dreyfus like like so many great people were in uh a bug's life 
Um, the next Pixar one after that was Toy Story 2. So again, lots of celebrities. After that was Monsters, Inc., which had Billy Crystal and uh, uh, what's his name? John Goodman. Oh, yeah, John Goodman. Like 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 every uh, Finding Nemo was uh, Ellen DeGeneres and uh, who played um, Nemo's Nemo? dad? Uh, I someone yeah, I we know don't who really know. Someone we don't really know. Yeah, but yeah. So it had Ellen DeGeneres, Willem De, Willem Dafoe played uh, Scar, whatever his name is, Scarface. So many celebrities came out of Pixar like right out the gate. That was part of what they their whole thing was. Um, yeah. But Aladdin did kind of go into that in that same period of those the mid '90s. Yeah, I think the difference there between Pixar and and Disney is that Disney, I felt like most of the most of the voices could have been just about anyone. Like the the big exception that I'll say is I, I think the genie required someone like Robin Williams to really nail it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, like it, you didn't need Jonathan Taylor Thomas to be in The Lion King or even Matthew Broderick. You didn't need, I mean, I forgot that Mel Gibson was in Pocahontas altogether. I think yeah. anyone could have played that role. Whereas with Pixar, I, it, it, it's, they cast so perfectly that it's, it's almost impossible to imagine the roles going to different actors yeah. for, for the most part. Um, I think I think a bug's life is a good example of one that could have gone many different ways. But once Pixar really started going, I mean, I I don't know how Finding Nemo works without Alan DeGeneres. I don't know how how that happens. You know. Yeah, let alone Finding Dory. So, I I, I think that while Disney had been doing the celebrity casting, I think Pixar nailed it. Yeah, Pixar made it a part of what they what they did. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. So, the, but this generation, I, I, I guess I don't think of it as the celebrity generation of Disney. That's not, I, I just think of it as great songs. Mm-hmm. But that just might be how we enter into Disney movies. Well, I mean, no, I, I definitely think of it as great songs too. I mean, I, I, I would first, th- yeah. No, there's a lot of things about Aladdin that I love, um, and and the genie is one of them. But there, there are just lots of great songs in that film that that pop into mind from it. But um, same with The Lion King. Same with Mulan. Same with Tarzan. It's funny. It's funny that The Little Mermaid is so important for you. And I think that does show our our difference in ages. I was, what, two when it came out? So The Little Mermaid I've seen once or twice. Yeah, because to me, it's not not that it's like an important film to me necessarily. It's just when you look at it in comparison to all the Disney movies that came before, it is where everything totally... Like, could you imagine? Okay, imagine the last two Disney movies you'd ever seen were The Great Mouse Detective and Oliver and Company. Okay. Pretty mediocre about animals uh, retelling classic stories. So like a Sherlock Holmesian mouse and an Oliver Twistian cat. Yeah. And you're like, what is wrong with Disney? And then they come out with The Little Mermaid and you go and see it and it is so fun and awesome and exciting and has great music and it's just like your mind would be blown (laughs) right yeah it is where everything totally switched and every movie after that was good until we get to pocahontas (laughs) where it started to switch back the other way yeah yeah i i think that it is it is an important such an important movie with regards to uh disney with disney and 
it does mark this complete complete shift in in what they're doing there i don't think there is a film like it like we can joke about how it's like pinocchio but it's not it's it's its own uh fantastic film separate it just for me it was never a film that connected strongly with me yeah no yeah why would it yeah you were two i was i was two years old yeah as opposed to Aladdin and Lion King that were hitting me right around the age where, you know, I would have been impressionable enough to have favorite movies and that sort of thing. So, yeah. And you were an old enough age that your parents would have bought those VHS tapes. Yeah, I I remember we definitely owned Aladdin on VHS. Yeah, I think we had them all. I think we had that whole collection of these Disney movies. Yeah. yeah. And we might have even had like some of the old ones like Pinocchio and stuff, but we never watched those. Well, and that gets to another phenomenon in this era that I I know happened, where people would collect Disney movies, like they would. Yeah. Well, this is this was the VHS era, right? Like, yeah. The eighties. I'm sure there were VHS tapes in Beta, but I'm pretty sure it was the fight, right, between Beta and VHS, and which was going to win that that war. But I think VHS clearly won it right around this time, like late eighties, early nineties. Hmm. Right. Hmm. Like, when was the VHS Beta War? I. I got nothing. The format wars is not something that I pay attention to. Friend of the show, Wes Lord, will chime in and let us know. <laughs> so, okay, so it was in the 80s. The 80s was the format war. Okay. It happened in the, started in like the late 70s, and what, what Laserdisc was in there somewhere at some point? There you um, go. Yeah. Wow. Okay, great. Um, so, yeah, so it ended right in the 80s sometime, which is what led into this sort of era of Disney movies being collectible on VHS tapes. Well, and, and they it, had, and they had these plastic cases. Yeah. They were, they were like plastic cases that you would cut yourself on. They, that's yeah, how sharp they were. The, and then like the, the part that had like, um, what, what do you, what, the, <laughs> the, the spine of the book part of the VHS tape. Yeah, I think it's a spine. Yeah. Cause they opened like books. Yeah. As opposed to slid out like old, like other VHS tapes would. They opened like books and the spine part was like rounded and mm-hmm. it was really nice compared to all of the other VHS tapes and like very kid friendly and colorful. Except for the sharp edges that would probably cut you. Yeah, totally. But, you know, we're kids. We get cut all the time. Um, but yeah, we did start, we did totally have a collection of uh, Disney movies. But we also had a collection of just tons. My mom was super into collecting VHS tapes. She still has them. Does she, I, well, I guess she probably still has a VHS player. Yep, she still does. Yeah, yeah. What movie you want to watch? We go watch it. Crazy. So this was like the collectible era of Disney as well, which also led into the rewatchable era of Disney, where you could rewatch these movies for the first time. Yeah. Well, and and I I remember toys being a big part of this, and I'm sure they were there were toys through the Bronze Era. Although when I look at the Bronze Era films, like The Aristocrats, Robin Hood rescuers fox and the hound i'm like i probably didn't play with those toys but you know aladdin lion king like these these were you know action figures that i action figures dolls let's call them dolls that's what they are <laughs> yeah lunch boxes these were lunch boxes that i loved yeah think things that that i i had fond fond experiences with at that age it all kind of came together in this perfect perfect storm to make sure that this this era of films would stick with me Mm -hmm. in 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 a way that's strange like i think i own inside out but i own it as a digital download i don't have a physical copy of it anywhere 
and um, like the the format wars between Blu-ray and DVD don't really have an effect on how I get films, even even in the height of DVDs and 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 Blu-ray. Like it wasn't like oh I need to have all of these films on Blu-ray, you know that. Yeah, no, no, no. And that Disney missed that era, or or that era never. I, I don't know. There's some, there's there's something about you know the rise of DVDs where I never really saw any particular need to collect them. Unlike on VHS and and the Renaissance era, where I remember lots of my friends had the sets of Disney movies, and it was yeah strange. Well, and I think that might just be more of a, a you thing. Yeah, because I'm I, I think uh, other people people listening to this podcast have collections of DVDs and Blu-rays. Uh, of their favorite movies and have them on a shelf and display uh, so that they can rep what they like, you know, uh, when people come over the way you do with books. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I have books on display in every room in my house. So, yeah. So people do that with, with DVDs and, and Blu-rays uh, still. But uh, OK, so before we get into like modern era, can we just talk about Mulan a little? Because you seem to love that movie. I do love that movie. And I mean, I like it. I enjoyed that movie, but it was never uh, 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 like, I mean, I was like a teenager, like uh, uh, when that came out. So I was too cool for Disney movies. Yeah. But I did see it and I remember it being one of the better Disney movies after, you know, like Hunchback Notre Dame, Hercules, Mulan was like almost a, oh, Disney's back. They finally got a good movie again, which was a, be- which was a, a false sign. <laughs> But uh, so what is it? What is it that, that makes you love this movie? Well, I think I think the thing about Mulan for me has has a lot to do about like it it hit me at, at the right time where I was interested in in history and I was interested in the world in a way that I hadn't been before. And maybe Pocahontas would have been able to kind of hit me in the same way if it had been a good film. Yeah, but yeah. Mulan made me really think as a 10 or 11 year old about a world that I didn't know and didn't understand. And it made me really realize how how big the world was. And you're talking about the uh, magic of ancestors and dragon protectors? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it presented <laughs> it, I mean, it presented a China that I hadn't I don't know if I had seen china in a serious way in a film prior to sure yeah probably you probably wouldn't have yeah yeah there there wouldn't have been any reason to and so watching watching mulan kind of opened my eyes to yes it isn't a great the greatest portrayal of of china i won't i won't pretend that but it but it made me think about the world in a completely different way and it was fun and it was interesting and there was a romance to it and it had a, a girl who wanted to do boy things, and and you know my 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 feminist mother was was behind that message. Mm-hmm. Like all these things came together in what is a very good film. It just it's uh, it's well well plotted as a story. Its characters are fun. Its music is interesting. There's always something going on, and it's it does humor in a way that I think works for kids, but also works if uh, if you're an adult in a way that Disney really wouldn't pick up for a long time as opposed to Pixar, which got that right away. So yeah. I, I just think it did a lot of things right. And it, it I, I mean, I don't think I would enjoy watching something like the Marco Polo 
um, Netflix series if I hadn't gotten Mulan at such a young age. Hmm, interesting. That might explain why I haven't watched the Marco Polo Netflix series. Cool. Yeah, because I remember Mulan being, I, I think I remember it in a similar light to you, in that it was a, but I think I, I think what hit me more was the uh, the girl doing boy thing story. Mm-hmm. I thought was was the the big cool move that Disney did in that movie, instead of the look at China that I'd never seen before. But maybe I just wasn't into history as much as you were. Probably I'm not. I'm still not. But like so, I think that was what the the story caught me, and I was like, that's cool. Go go Disney. Like yeah, because you've been giving girls like these princesses to love forever. Princess Jasmine and Ariel and you know Belle that are all really girly. Let's do something different. Yeah, and maybe maybe. This is one of, I mean, The Lion King, I don't think I identified with Simba, the character, uh, because he was a lion and I'm a people. Mm -hmm. Lions are people. Lions are people. And Aladdin, uh, I thought Aladdin was a cool cool enough character, but I I never really identified him. But like characters like like Belle or The Little Mermaid or Pocahontas, I wasn't, I mean, I, I wasn't a young girl. I wasn't the, the Disney princess. And so those films' main characters didn't strike me in the same way. Mulan was one of those first main characters where I felt, I, I felt a connection to as a, as a Disney character in a way that I don't think I had prior. Hmm. See, Aladdin, definitely. I connect with Aladdin. Yeah. You, you're a riffraff. You're a street rat. Yep, yep. I'm a bit of a riffraff, you know. And, uh, you know, same part of the world part of the world okay so moving into future disney so you jumped ahead earlier all the way to wreck and ralph <laughs> well you know that's which skipped over a lot of disney movies but i, I think uh rightly so like did you even see bolt or even know what it is uh bolt i the only thing i know about bolt is that miley cyrus is voicing the main character in it and you know who else is in it john travolta <laughs> John Travolta. So punk rocker Miley Cyrus and uh, what, what is John Travolta even doing? She's punk rock. Don't even get me started. Miley Cyrus. Okay. Sure. Whatever. But what is John Travolta even doing with his career right now? I don't know. Okay. But we do get eventually to The Princess and the Frog, which was, I think people liked it. Uh, right? It was sort of like a modern retelling of uh, The Princess and the Frog story, but set in New Orleans. Is that is that is that right? Um, and the voodoo was in there and stuff. Did it have voodoo? I thought so. I thought it had like a voodoo king or something. Doesn't surprise me. I mean, I know it has John Goodman, so maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. No, you're you might be right. I never I never saw it. It's like this is this is the thing. These Disney movies aren't for me anymore. You know, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's the thing, and and that's part of those films that happened in between as well. Treasure Planet, Brother Bear, Home on the Range, Chicken Little. Yeah. I, I didn't have younger cousins who I went to go see movies with, and I was a cool teenager, and and they just stopped being, Disney stopped being an important part of my storytelling life. Yeah. And they started doing just movies that didn't interest, that, that were retellings of stories we already knew. Yeah. Like Tangled and things like that. Um, but there's a movie before Wreck-It Ralph I want to talk about. Okay. Uh, even though it's not a Disney movie. Okay. Which is Brave. Ah, Brave. The most Disney kind of, of the Pixar movies. Exactly. It is sort of like where Pixar started trying to make it. it. It's almost like Pixar was being told to make a Disney movie. 
And then Wreck-It Ralph was Disney being told to make a Pixar movie. Like that's what that seems like to me. This weird switch of of uh, of style of storytelling and and methodologies, you know. Because Brave follows a pretty Disney storyline. Yep. Yep. It's it's Mulan on the Scottish Highlands. Okay. Yeah, I can see what you're saying with that. Would you agree with that? I yeah, I, I think that there's there's a lot of Mulan in it. Girl, girl doing boy things. Yeah. Yeah. And. And it was a musical. Yeah, and it had singing and stuff, which the songs weren't, I don't think, that great. No, and, and maybe, I mean, and that's, I think, what makes Brave such a weird film is that I think you're right, it's trying to do Disney better than Disney, but it doesn't, it doesn't hit, uh, not not for me. Like, it's not a bad film. I, I still enjoy Brave, but it doesn't, maybe it shows the, the cracks in the Disney model as much as anything else, as opposed to shows how flawed Pixar is. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Like, well, well, just because that that whole musical storytelling style it works for a pretty small group. You're you're not gonna get a lot of adults who are going out to see. Well, I don't know if that's entirely true, but I think that you're you're starting with a smaller audience if you're doing the animated musical than if you're doing an animated, uh, just an animated story. Yeah, and it was weird to see Pixar doing like a musical thing. Yeah, which I think and 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 Brave, uh, whatever her name is. Um, oh, what's her name? Miranda. Yeah. No, like that. no, no. It's, it's something uh, like that. Yeah. It's Miss Something. Yeah. <laughs> Can we just call her Miss Something? Miss Something. What um, Merida? Merida. Right. Okay. And Merida is considered a Disney princess. Is she? Yeah, like she is. If you go to Disneyland, she is there wandering around, and you can go get your photo taken with her, just like you can with Belle and Ariel and all the other princesses. Okay, so maybe, maybe what happened was Disney realized they needed a ginger Disney princess. They already had one. Did they? Ariel. Oh yeah. But but Merida's hair is way longer. Anyway, okay, maybe uh, they needed a curly-haired Disney princess. That was it. That was what they needed. <laughs> freckled, freckled Disney princess. So yeah, it's it's weird. So so that was definitely like where where Pixar started doing Disney, and then right afterwards, Wreck It Ralph came out, and Disney started doing Pixar. Yeah, because and like like in almost a literal sense, like we're gonna do pixelated <laughs> storytelling, like as these video game characters come to life, and Wreck It Ralph also didn't have songs. No, no songs. It wasn't a musical. It was, and and uh, Brave was. So it's like they they flip flopped, and I don't know if that was a, a, a decision that they made because at this point Disney owned Pixar. Were they making this decision to try and like merge the two into one or something? And they're like, why don't you guys do a musical and we'll do a not musical? Like, was that part of it? And or just because they're just slapping a different production company name onto it, right? Like, like so so was that part of the decision or was was Brave originally a Disney movie and then they decided to do Pixar? Like, what 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 happened? Do you know any of this? I I don't, but I do know that that Pixar still has quite a bit of uh, creative control over their own works, and I don't think I don't think if Disney was like, we want you to do a Disney princess film with songs, Pixar if Pixar wasn't interested, I don't think they'd do it. And and I think Brave does feel like a Pixar film, not so much in in the storytelling of it, but in the way that they were just trying to play with animation and really develop 
their filmmaking techniques with that with that story. So I think that they didn't have a great story for Brave. What they had was animation for hair and grass, and we're like, we're going to go with that, and we'll find a film around it. Um, as opposed to Disney being like, you guys, we want to take a run at what you're doing. Because if you look at some of the films in between there, uh, like Dinosaur or Atlantis or Lilo and Stitch, like it's not as if Disney is ignoring traditional storytelling there. They're just uh, not great at it. And so Wreck-It Ralph is just a, is an example of a, just a strong film. Yeah. Wreck-It Ralph is amazing. Yeah. So that is my favorite. Uh, that is my favorite newer Disney movie, I think. Yeah. I think so. I don't know what else even competes with it. I saw Zootopia a couple months back and I really enjoyed it. I don't, I, I probably, it probably doesn't, I don't think compete, but it, it does should, such a good job. I should probably job. watch it. I should probably watch it. Hey? Ah, I mean, I, it, you, you have a child now, so one day your child will be watching films and you can watch Zootopia then. Good point. Yeah. There's no need to get to it now because, uh, eventually, that song from Frozen is going to get into your your son's brain, and then Yay. he's going to sing it all the time. <laughs> awesome! Can't wait. But but that's the thing. Like Zootopia is uh, it's a good film. Like that's the thing. I I enjoyed it. I thought it was a well done film. Period. It I I actually thought that it was as I was watching it. I'm like, this seems like it's not Disney. Not that I thought it was Pixar, but because it was so good mm-hmm. that it didn't it didn't seem like it could be a a Disney film. And, and so we are in this different era for them in storytelling where they're willing to tell a story like Frozen, but they're also willing to do Wreck-It Ralph or Big Hero 6. Mm-hmm. And, and so they're, they're playing in, in a way that I think it gets them back to some of their, some of their Renaissance roots that, mm-hmm. where they were really like the Lion King is playing with Shakespeare and animals you know, Mulan is playing with Chinese history and uh, and and do and at applying a Disney lens to it. Little more Mermaid, Hans Christian Andersen with with Disney. So they're, I think they're back to playing in a in a fun way that they've kind of nailed. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I'm I'm excited to see Disney making a, a second Renaissance. That's what I'm gonna call it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> which not? started with, as far as I can tell, Wreck-It Ralph. Not, they finally not, decided, hey, we don't have to tell princess stories. Not the Winnie the Pooh film? Nope, not the Winnie the Pooh film. Right around. Because that was when they just, it was, it, I mean, it still technically has a princess in it. Because uh, what's her name? The glitch ends up being a princess mm-hmm. uh, of like the weird video game on the other side. What's the, the car racing sugar land video game? But Wreck-It Ralph, I thought it was a Pixar movie. Yeah. Forever. Until uh, maybe just today, <laughs> but I always just assumed it was Pixar because it's such a Pixarian type film. And Brave, I would have always thought was a Disney movie. So it's a weird thing that I just wanted to talk about. Um, but uh, Regal Ralph was such a great uh, example of Disney just making a good movie, yeah, and not worrying about it being a musical. And it was also had lots of great jokes for adults, right? Like yeah. I saw it as an adult. <laughs> And I still enjoyed it very much. It had a great story for adults, you know. And uh, and from then, like Frozen, not to say it's like my favorite movie, but it was a pretty good Disney movie. And it was princesses, but it wasn't uh, the sort of love story princess thing, right? Yep. 
uh, which was really nice. Zootopia, I, I should watch. Yeah. I should watch. Yeah, but they're also, Disney's also doing a lot of really great stuff with this thing called um, Star Wars that I'm enjoying uh, quite a bit. I'm not familiar with it. Um, watch it. You'd like it. Yeah, I don't know. It's Disney. They're not very good <laughs> these days. Okay, anyway, uh, let's let's move on to some final thoughts on Disney, I think. I think we're, we're, we're starting to talk about Star Wars. Have you seen Moana? <laughs> no, I haven't. Yeah, me neither. That's, and I guess that, that kind of gets to my final thoughts, where... I haven't seen a Disney film in theaters as I look over this list in a long time. Like I since very well. I I don't I actually can't pinpoint the last one of these that I would have seen in theaters. It's it's that long ago. I enjoyed Zootopia. I I was kind of excited for Moana, but I I just I I don't I don't care about Disney films anymore. I'll see it when it comes on Netflix, maybe, and 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 that's about it. And and in some ways, I feel like that's me unfairly having decided that Disney isn't my thing anymore. Part of that's you know growing up and and not having children in my life who I will go see movies with. But I think I think part of it has to do with Disney had a bad run. Maybe now they're they're on the on the verge of another good run of movies. And, and I'll get to see those and, and see what they do with it and maybe get as excited or even more excited than, than I am for Pixar. Because the next Pixar movie, I'm not seeing in theaters. I'm not going to go see Cars 3. Like I, I, just, I just don't care. I will see uh, Coco um, when it comes out late later that, this year. But I'm, I, I, I wonder what it's going to take for Disney to get me into the theater again. I guess that's my final thought. I, my final thoughts are looking back on Disney and forward on Disney is I'm, I hope that like, cause Moana is almost like a <clears throat> bad sign to me. Oh yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. So I don't know if it's a good movie or not, but what the movie makes me think of is that uh, Pocahontas kind of Disney, um, or Disney taking stories from other places and recreating them again, which I think they've grown out of. Hmm. And I don't think they should head back in that direction. I want to see more movies like Wreck-It Ralph and like Zootopia that are just movies that have good stories that are animated, that explore their own world that they're making up instead of taking an existing world and retelling a story through it. Because as we saw with like Tangled and and, uh, and um, The Princess and the Frog, like... Uh, they're not really nailing that anymore. You know, we're over that. Let's make our own worlds, Disney. Because um, I am enjoying those worlds that they're making. Uh, and Frozen, too. Like, Frozen was uh, a retelling of an old fairy tale. But I'd rather not see any more Frozen. Yeah. You know, regardless of how good of a movie it was. I want to see them go in the direction of, of Zootopia and Wreck-It Ralph. You know, because uh, like if I look at this list of, of films recently in the last like, I don't know, two years, year um, that were in theaters like uh, Inside Out, uh, Zootopia, Finding Dory, Moana. I saw Inside Out and Finding Dory in theaters because they're Pixar movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and The Good Dinosaur. I saw all the Pixar movies in theaters. Didn't see the Disney movie in theaters. Uh, but maybe I should have gone to see Zootopia in theaters. Well, I'm so so. Here's the counter argument: 
Moana has like a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Sure. It's It's got Dwayne The Rock Johnson in it playing a shape-shifting demigod. Like, yeah, it's pretty good. I, so just playing himself? Ayo. We, we, we both got burned by the good dinosaur. I, I think that that's definitely the case. That's Pixar. With Pixar, that's yeah, Pixar. With, with Pixar. Um, but we went back to, to trust Pixar again. Uh, Moana, maybe it's it's them taking uh, another shot at something like a Mulan story as opposed to kind of returning to a Disney princess sort of thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I guess, I guess I am looking forward to seeing Moana. I haven't seen it in theaters. I guess I won't by now, but mm-hmm. but I think maybe it's it'll be worth watching. And and I, and I guess I am looking forward to it. Which is, for now, the best that I can say about Disney. I'm looking forward to seeing your films. Maybe it'll get to a point where eventually I'm looking forward to it so much that I treat you like a Pixar and I go see The Incredibles 2 and Coco and Toy Story 4 and mm-hmm. Moana 2 or whatever the next Disney film is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. You going to go see uh, uh, Wreck-It Ralph 2? Are they doing a sequel to Wreck-It Ralph? Looks like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where why why not? Yeah, um, Pixar's got a new one coming down the pipe, though. Yeah, Coco. Yeah, what's that? I have no idea. I have. Looks like it's got ukuleles in it. Love ukuleles. I have actually no opinion on ukuleles, but I got one for Christmas, so I love them. You, you do. I'm excited. To, uh, actually, everyone should check out Dave's uh, ukulele album that dropped a month or so ago. Because yeah, it's pretty awesome. This okay. We, we've now devolved. <laughs> now we're we're talking about other things anyway um nice work nice work on this series it was a good one i enjoyed yeah. it i enjoy looking at disney uh and we're not going to talk about disney forever now yeah i don't i don't think there's ever <laughs> any need to return to disney no no next we're going to do a read watch which will be kind of fun <laughs> um yeah so hey oh yeah listeners if you want to play along uh make sure you read should we tell them yeah i think we should uh, read uh, and watch The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants before you listen to the next episode. <laughs> <laughs>